Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I'm sitting here at Rolex Vans. Across the table from me is Mike Harris, the president. How you doing, Mike? Wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Good, good. Yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, we are in Savage, Savage, Minnesota. <laughs> you got to say it that way, don't you think, Melanie? I think so. Yes. How you doing, Melanie? <laughs> I'm awesome. How are you, Jason? Good, good. So we just went on a tour with Mike through Rolex Vans, the... Uh, production assembly area. What would you? What's the official term for that, Mike? Out there, it's our it's our production production you know, production line production facility production Assemb- facility assembly line is what we call our minivan line. Yeah, so yeah. We have a few different factors of what we do or aspects of what we do back there. Okay. Yeah, pretty awesome. So, Melanie, going through that that tour over there, you know, I initially had the misconception for a conversion van. Okay. Okay. So I thought, you know, coming over here, I thought, okay, so you buy a, whatever, a Dodge Caravan, you cut a little bit of this, you install a little bit of that, you bolt <laughs> this to that, and uh, good to go, right? You <laughs> know, this a is like a, more involved. This is like, I don't know, uh, in my mind, you know, if this is a, a do it yourselfer project, that might take you a couple, <laughs> a couple <of> days, right? <laughs> Holy cow, was I wrong. Mike, you guys take this van and basically, Chop the whole bottom half off and rebuild it with all your modifications and specifications to make this thing work. And it's way, way more complicated than I ever imagined. Yeah, there, there are a, a number of steps that go into it. It's, it's really a remanufacturing process. Um, as you saw, you know, we, we start with a completed minivan is typically is what's real typical in our industry because that chassis just lends itself um, to be compatible for this modification, but the whole interior is taken out. The factory floor from the front firewall back to the to the um, axle is completely cut off, cut off the vehicle completely. Yeah, yeah, um, and then we're and not talking side. about the carpet, right? We're not. No. We're talking about the actual metal structural part of the van is completely cut off the van. Got a big hole in the middle of your vehicle. Yeah. The, whole, the floor is gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah, during this process. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, my guess is as we went through the different stages of the process, uh, I think, I don't know, I guess there's maybe like 10 in each side. So is it like a 20-step process or so? You're right on. We have 21 steps. You're right on. I was paying attention, right? You were paying attention. (laughs) And uh, when you remove the floor, the idea behind that is more easily accessible because if you have a ramp with a... 10-degree slope versus a 5-degree slope, that's going to make a big difference. And the height of the wheelchair and that type of thing, you need more headspace. And I believe you, you said you lower the factory floor by about 12 inches. Is that yep, right? 12, 12 and a half inches on the, on the Pacifica currently today and the, and the Toyota. Um, yeah, so that gets you about 58 inches of headroom inside the vehicle. Okay. So somebody in a wheelchair or scooter needs much more headroom than, than those people that are not uh, okay. very ambulatory. Yeah. All right, so let's rewind, Mike. Let's bring it back to the day. The day that Rolex Vans was a a thought. And then what were those beginning days like? Like how old were you? Do you remember this 
part of this period of time in your life. And I believe you said it was your, was it your father that started the company? It was my, my parents. Did, your yeah, parents, my parents, okay. Did. Um, so we're going back to 1978, March of 1978. We were on a family ski trip. Um, I, I have an older brother. I was 10 at the time. My brother was 13. My sister was 15. My sister wasn't with us, but we were on a ski trip in Snowmass, uh, Colorado. And unfortunately, my brother was involved in a skiing accident. Um, he hit a tree. Uh, similar to the Sonny Bono accident. Um, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't too long. And he broke his neck at the time. He actually broke it between the first and second vertebra, and he died on the hill. Um, so so he didn't tragic. he didn't survive that. Yeah, very. Yeah. it was very, very tragic. Um, as I was saying earlier, it's one thing to lose your brother, but as a parent now, um, I really appreciate what my parents went through at the time. Um, yeah, because the worst uh, nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and not to get off on a subject, but my parents worked very hard to keep um, our family together as a unit. Uh, it was a very challenging, um, trying time, time yeah. for the next uh, two years. Sad. Um, so, um, just appreciate what my parents did, sacrificed yeah. back then. Yeah, absolutely. So it was at at that time. My dad had uh, several car dealerships. Uh, what is Dodge of Burnsville today? Back then was Southside Dodge. They received about $20,000 in memorials in my brother's name. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know what to do with it. And they wanted to do something that would be meaningful in his spirit. And a friend of theirs worked at the VA and said, why don't you build an accessible vehicle, an accessible van, a handicap van back then? Mm-hmm. Um, and they thought, that seems like a really great idea. If he'd have lived, he'd have been in a wheelchair. That seems like a wonderful idea. So they put $50,000 of their own money into this, as well as the $20,000 that, that they received. And they built two vans. And they actually formed a, a small business that was giving rides around the Twin Cities at that time. And they gave almost 700,000 free rides to wheelchair-bound individuals and senior oh, how citizens. beautiful. Yeah, and they they saw what an unmet need there was in this industry over the next few years. And really, that's what led us into this to say there's an unmet need for accessible transportation for for wheelchair and scooter users. Uh, Really, in the Twin Cities market is where we started, and it's expanded from there. Wow. Um, That's like, man, divine intervention, I guess. You know, it's like... Most business owners have this idea of a business, right? They either have some experience in it, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, I'm gonna, I am I can do it better than this guy. You know, my boss doesn't know what he's talking about, so I'm going to open my own machine shop, right? Right. But holy cow, man, that's this, this is like way bigger than that, you know, way bigger. Yeah, it's, it's definitely had a lot of meaning for our family uh, over the years. Um, just to feel like what we're doing is contributing and is making a positive difference at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and I know all of our employees feel that way. We've been blessed with just some amazing employees over the years and, and today. And, and I know we all feel the same way, that look at what we're creating and look at how we're changing somebody's life. And it is meaningful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. I'm just full of goosebumps here. Mm, full yeah. of goosebumps. All right. So. I got to like redirect my attention here. I'm getting a little emotional to be honest. So, you know, a, a lot of, I feel like you want to have purpose in life, right? And people will start a business with the idea of making some money because they're good at it. And maybe then using that money to, to pay for or contribute to a purpose that they're, they're, they got close to their heart. And maybe, you know, they got that machine shop and they're doing well with it, but their, their purpose in life mo- is more about, let's say, 
helping kids, right? So they take the, some of their profits and contribute to some type of child charity or nonprofit, or they start their own. And that's kind of how they're fulfilling their purpose in life. But this is all in one, man. This is, this is, this is, this is, I feel bigger than most businesses that we have come across for sure. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, definitely. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about the technical piece of it. So how did this start? Did it start at one of your dad's dealerships in the, in the back garage, back corner? Or, or like, what were those early days like as far as trying to get this business off the ground? So 1978 is when, um, obviously, when, when we had the event that led us into this. My dad was in the car business at that time, owned uh, Todd Chevrolet, which is Jeff Belzer's today. Um, Dodger Burnsville uh, was Southside Dodge back then. And built those two vans out of one of his dealerships. Um, and then the recession came around, 1980 recession, uh, mm-hmm. ended up selling one dealership, lost one dealership as well, kept a leasing business out of it. And from that leasing business, we also had a four-bay garage where we could do um, some work in the back of it. So we did van conversions and mobility conversions at the same time. Back then, it was adding a lift into a full-size van. It wasn't all the the cutting and the chopping and the yeah. welding and things you see. It was just adding a lift into a full-size van. Then we started adding lowered floors and full-size vans so people could drive from their wheelchairs, um, not only ride in their wheelchairs, but so they could they could drive from their wheelchairs. 1991, I graduated from college. I'm going to fast forward a few years here. 1991, I graduated from college, and we were still a leasing company doing a little bit of mobility on the side just because we had a very small facility at that time. And we decided that my dad asked me before I graduated college, my junior year actually, he said, hey, really want to go into this, um, want to go after, want to go into the mobility industry and and really make a difference. You know, we've, we've been toying in it, but we just really want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Would you have an interest? And I said, absolutely. Didn't even have to think about it because I've seen what we were doing. I worked in the summers there. Um, said, absolutely. I'm, I'm Count me in, whatever, you know, whatever you need. I, I'd love to be a part of it. So 1991, I graduated from college. Uh, we had eight employees back then, um, a lot smaller than than. Uh, we were today, or than we are today, pardon me, and saw really that the minivan, which had come out in 1984, the minivan seemed to be possibly the wave of the future for the mobility industry. It just lends itself to being modified and allowing more room. So we started off modifying our first minivan in late 1991. As you've seen, the minivan is much more labor intrusive. There's just much more to do on the vehicle um, where you're cutting the whole floor out, you're designing a whole new floor, you're adding a, a frame, you're just remanufacturing it. So back in 1991, 92, 93, it was a very, very slow and arduous process. Uh, we did not have an assembly line like we had today. We had basically three stations where we'd have people just build a vehicle in that station and it would take three months to build one vehicle. Wow. You know, and it was different. Some people were really good at it and some people weren't. We were asking people to do a lot of jobs. Yeah. I mean, from, mm-hmm. cu- from pulling out the interior, cutting out the floor, hey, you need to wire this, you know, you need to weld up the floor, uh, you need to put an exhaust system on it. It was just really... A lot it, of different skill sets would it, be required for some of that. A lot of different skill sets. Yeah. Um, so then it was about 1995, we had an engineer, uh, an ex-engineer with Chrysler who had retired... Uh, we employed him to come out and really help us get this set up and design it. So 
we were much more consistent in the product we built. Uh, less we trial and error. Less trial and error, much more efficient, mm-hmm. um, much more predictable um, day to day as to what was going on. So 95, 96, 97 is when we finally got our assembly line set up. Um, similar to what you see today, we've we've revamped it and tweaked it over the years. Um, but those those were the trying years, 1991 to 1997, 98, um, a, much capital was invested in our business to get it going to where yeah. it is today. And you got to experience all of it. That's right when you came on board, huh? I did. Yes. Yes. Wow. So you've seen the progression all the way through. Is your dad still part of the company at all? No, my, my dad retired in 2002. Um, and unfortunately, he died back in 2009. Okay, I'm so, sorry. But my mom is still alive and, and she's still on our board and still will come down and visit. And, and it's wonderful to have her still be a part of the company. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. How about the Chrysler assembly guy that you brought on? Is he still around? Yeah, he's he's passed too. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, you know, one thing that I, I like about your company is that you sell directly to the consumer and you can customize the vehicle to what their needs are. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, versus having to deal with a middleman or having just to buy something off the lot that doesn't fit you, you know, exactly right and uh you guys sell all over the country is that right we sell all all over the country yep and we have technicians that work for us um from colorado texas all the way up to you know new york florida um not not to date us too much but they're like the maytag repairman so if if you purchased a vehicle from us in florida we would ship it to our technician he would bring it out to you do any final adjustments and you would take it from there. And if you ever have any problems, he comes back to take care of them. That's pretty cool. What do you enjoy most about this line of work? And it can either be the type of industry you're in, the Rolex man piece, or being in the president's seat, or any of that. What do you, what do you enjoy most of it? I really enjoy seeing us make a difference in our customers' lives. Mm. But I also enjoy seeing us make a difference in our employees' lives as well. Um, because we've had we have one gentleman who's been with us for 43 years. So from an employee standpoint, we there, we have a number of employees who've been with us 20 years, as you saw um, right. Gloria back there, been with us 20 years. Um, that is very important to me as well, just making a difference in all of our employees and knowing that um, hopefully we've had a, a positive impact in their life and helping them raise maybe their family or accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish in their life. And, and hopefully they feel good about themselves. So from, from the employment standpoint, I really do love that. Um, in terms of our customers, I love dealing with, with our customers too. I love seeing what we do and making a difference in our customers' lives. I feel very fortunate to be in this industry that we can make a difference. Right, to actually grant somebody freedom that hasn't experienced freedom in the way, like being able to drive themselves, being able to drive somebody else around instead of having to depend on other people constantly. I can't imagine what that smile at the end of the day, what that must bring you. It it really is. It's it's a wonderful feeling. And our delivery technicians uh, that, that do the deliveries for us, they love it. I do. Now you mentioned Gloria. Is she the one that had the uh, 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 the rat's nest, the wires back there? Yes, rewiring. The <laughs> That's vehicle? right. Yes, and now she's training in her daughter. Yes. Yeah, her yeah. daughter's right next to her. This that's, is that's truly cool. a family feel here. And, and you knew every single person's name when we were walking through. That's really cool. They've been with us a, a long time, and actually, her son works for us in the paint department too. So it is, oh, yeah. that is a family affair. Yes. Mm. And I think you get your cousin sitting next to you. That's right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So. It to take it from the start 
when when the when the van comes rolling in off of the uh I don't know. It's, it's Dodge Caravans. Transport. It comes in on a transport. Okay. So And they start at station numero uno. Numero uno. <laughs> and they end up at numero, what's 21 in Spanish? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Number 21. Okay. How long does that take? That takes about 14 days. 14 working days. Okay. So if I come in here today, I can get my van in a couple of weeks? Well, no, we will not tell you. That. <laughs> if you order a van from us, we're gonna we're gonna tell you six weeks if we okay. need to, to build it, uh, start to finish, um, and we hope to beat that. And we'd, mm. we'd rather under promise and over deliver. deliver. So yes. yeah, so we're gonna tell you six weeks. Okay, that's what we should tell you. <laughs> so now that that takes you about uh, you know I think you said fourteen working days, right? Or yeah, fourteen working days. Yeah. And before it was taking you back in the day like three months. It was taking us three months. Yeah, And it was very unpredictable. Some people were very good. You're talking about the skill sets. Some people had the skill sets to be able to do it. Some people had some really good skill sets, but not all the way through. Might take might take one guy uh, eight weeks to get it done. Might take somebody else 14, 15 weeks to, to complete the vehicle. So, right. And I bet the end product today is probably a lot better than what it was back oh, in the yeah. day. Yeah, there's no comparison. <laughs> the consistency is, is What a improved. vision to know that the minivan was going to explode like it did. I mean, you were talking about some divine intervention. That's like a divine seed planted. Well, we we had some competitors back then. Uh, IMS was actually a competitor of ours uh, and Care Concepts. Um, they were in this industry. They had started it in the late 80s, so we'd seen it. Um, so I'd like to say we were going to take all the credit for that, but we really can't. There was, mm. there was somebody out there that was that had mm. started it. Okay. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Mike Harris, the person. Where'd you grow up, Mike? What was childhood like? You know, what made you uh, decide to go to college and what did you major in? And did you play any sports along the way? Uh, and uh, did you have any hesitation getting involved in the family business? Let's just take it from the beginning, if you could. So, um, grew up in Shakopee, Minnesota. Woohoo! Um, yeah, woohoo. <laughs> Fellow Shakopeean. Right. Uh, love Shakopee. Small town was a small town feel back then. Um, you know, right. able to play in sports that you wanted to play. Hockey was my sport. I played football through eighth grade, but hockey was was really my love. So I played that through high school. Yeah, and and did love Shakopee. They had a wonderful childhood. Uh, my my parents were were great. My brother, till the time we were alive, uh, at ten years old, was a great brother. We had our moments. You know, we had mm -hmm. fights. My sister is was is five years older than I am my dear friend today. So I feel truly blessed. And my mom is a dear friend of mine today too. So I've, I've been just blessed with with a great sister, great brother, great parents. Um, and those are things, you know, you're just lucky, right? You're yeah. just blessed if you're born yeah. into that, have zero control at all and, and just appreciate the family that I have around me. Awesome. Went, went to school at Minnesota Duluth, major, majored in, in business, marketing and economics were my, uh, were my focus up there. As I said, graduated in 1991. Did I have any apprehension about coming into our family business? No, I had absolutely no apprehension at all coming into our business. Really wanted to be a part of it. There were moments along the way where as, as I grew and as our business grew, um, there were challenges. There were mm. challenges with my dad and I. Sure. Um, there were just different visions, um, different mm. thoughts, different personalities. You know, mm. sure. we're, we're going to be very different. My dad was a true entrepreneur, not 
a great manager could 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 see things and just was amazing at what he could see but there are aspects that that we just differed on so we mm. we, we had our moments mm-hmm. so from that to answer it truthfully yeah there would be times that maybe i would say there were challenges that i would look back and go geez should i have done this absolutely i should have done this you know okay. we, we need challenge in our life right through conflict yeah. comes, comes change makes you grow so it was wonderful um, really enjoyed regarding my dad. I mean, he taught me so many things along the way. I'm just so appreciative of him. But from 2002 to 2009, the last seven years of his life when he was retired, probably taught me the most. When really? he was when he was retired and outside of the business, it really changed our relationship. Um, I think we came to appreciate each other more and and sure. each other's traits and and behaviors and abilities more. So those. So those seven years were were truly. Uh, my dad was a wonderful father. I I don't mean to to lead that straight, but I treasure those seven years. Sure. Um, because it was maybe I was mature enough right. to, you had to that really adult appreciate bond. him to have the, the that adult. Yeah. Bond that I really well, I'm guessing too because you're not working together. There's a different yeah. dynamic between the two. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. And he he said it was a year later that he's. He said, "You know what? I should have done that a lot sooner. I should have retired a lot sooner than I did." So that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you said your dad approached you your junior year of college to come yes. into the business, yep. right? Yep. So, like this first couple of years of college, you just thought, "Hey, I, I, I like business, and I want to major in this and see where it goes." And exactly, okay, exactly. I'd like to say I gave a lot more thought, but I was a nineteen, twenty-year-old uh, young man back at the time, and I and I hadn't given it much thought until he said. I would like to do this and we'd like to grow the business more and really make this something. And, yeah. you know, it, it was a very fortunate opportunity for me to be a part of. Sure. Were you wow. playing hockey up at UMD? Intermural. I'd love uh, to say uh, I could, could, <laughs> play, could play at the collegiate level, but uh, yeah. no, i just missing a couple things called speed and ability. Oh, well, those are important. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Did you start skating when you were this a little guy? I did. Yeah. I did. We, we had a pond outside of our house. We grew up in the country out in Shakopee and played a lot of hockey out there. Yeah, my yeah. boys are eight and nine, and they're hockey players also. They're, are they? You know, they got their last year mites coming up here. And, you know, I, I didn't really care what they what their passion was, right? I just wanted to expose them to a lot of different things. And when I signed them up for hockey, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, I hope they don't really like this one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they chose, man. And here I am. Three different leagues at a time, running them here, running them there, and uh, but it's fun. It's fun to watch them. It is fun. You'll miss it when it's gone. So my, yeah. my, my kids, I tried to get my kids to play hockey. They played for a while and ended up playing softball and baseball. My my son and daughter, um, and I loved it all. And it goes quick. Yeah, yeah. it does. It goes quick, right? My son's going to be twenty this December, and. Oh my yeah, it goes really fast. And then all of a sudden you're wishing that you were still the taxi cab driver right. going to all those games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you miss it. So and, Definitely. Uh, you, you brought up a, a scar on your chin. Uh, that's kind of an interesting story. What happened there? Well, so we grew up in the country and um, we had horses and we were out horse shopping. I was six years old. This is before my, my brother died. Um, and we were um, actually at a ranch in, in Jacoby looking at a horse. And I was with my brother. And, you know, as boys, we really don't pay attention. <laughs> and I walked around behind a horse and got kicked in the face, caught me right in the chin, um, knocked out my two front teeth, ended up getting 30 stitches is where that where that scar is. 
Mm. Um, you know, rushed to the emergency Dang. room and they shoved one tooth back up in my gums to oh, try wow. and, to try and keep it. Did that work? Sewed me up. It did not work. Unfortunately, oh. they had to, they had to pull it a week later and they wired my jaw shut. So Jeez. you did the one thing that they say not to do. Right. Don't walk behind, behind the horse. Yeah. I wasn't listening. I yeah. bet. As a six-year-old, you, you, <laughs> you're not listening. So, yeah, and I, it's one of those things I, re, I remember. I can picture the horse. I don't picture much after that until we were in the car on the way to the emergency room. I remember, you know, finally them laying something over my chin, and then I remember hearing... Uh, the doctor say, "Well, we'll just sew this up," and then that was that was it. As as a six year old, no, 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 let's put a bandage over. Just put a bandage, and <laughs> you know, you can see the bone and everything. Oh, so there was no brutal, way. man! That was the brutal. most ex- the most painful part of it was about eight days later. So, yeah. as as a six year old with a nine year old brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, with well, my brother was nine at the time. Uh, you still do things, and you, you're not going to sit still too long. So we had a Nerf basketball hoop on our door, and we were playing Nerf basketball, and I got fouled in the chin and ripped my stitches Ooh. open. Ooh. So they had to go back and restitch it all again, and end up getting several shots of Novocaine in the chin. That was that was more Ow. painful than the kick that itself. That was more painful than the kick itself. Yeah. Mm. So. yeah. I got kicked by a horse once, and the in the thigh. As a kid, that's probably about the same age you were, right? I walking behind the horse, and I don't know. You boys, you just don't damn listen. thing. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> right. doing anything right. wrong except in the wrong spot, and he didn't like me, and it's a quick whap, <laughs> smack me right in the side of the hip, and it was more for me. I mean, it didn't break the skin, it didn't break a bone, but it's like, holy cow! I just got kicked by a horse, <laughs> and I think I'm gonna die, right? It was scary, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, so. Did we cover, you feel like we covered everything, Mike? Okay, I guess, you know, one question I wonder is, what's the future like? Uh, You got this big building, this big uh, production assembly line going on right now. It's full back there, man. You are hustling. And are you growing out of this spot anytime soon? Or are you thinking about opening up another location somewhere? What's, what's, What's your crystal ball telling you 10 years from now? Well, that great question. Uh, we are we won't outgrow this spot. We can grow 50, 60% and we won't outgrow our facility okay. here. We have another 40,000 square feet next door that we can move into. Oh, nice. Um, as part of our part of our facility here. Really in terms of growth, it's never it's not about always being for me it's never been about being the biggest. We just really want to be the best at what we do. Mm. Um, and as I said before, what's really important to us is our customers our employees, and also the communities we serve. Um, so we would like to have steady, profitable growth. That's really who so, we are. We are a manufacturer direct company today. We will be a manufacturer direct company 10 years from now. Could we have some additional techs out in the field servicing some other areas? Possibly. But I think we will look very similar to what we, we are today. And I would like to think we're still the same company that we are today. Now, you mentioned that you're not doing hybrid vehicles currently. Correct. But you're looking into... We are. Hybrids, you know, it's the future. The wave of the future, for sure. Or the, you know, electric vehicles Mm -hmm. are the wave of the future. Hybrids just going to be the interim, uh, unless it's hydrogen fuel cell. Um, But yes, we will definitely be tackling that within the next 12 months. That's awesome. For sure, taking those on. So as as our whole industry, industry will. Um, we we have a great industry. We have some some great competitors, um, and I'd like to think we all force you know each other to be better in what we're doing. What a great outlook! So let's say I'm in a wheelchair, or my spouse is, or a loved one, a child, or something, 
and we're looking for a um, wheelchair accessible type van. What is the sales process like? Can you take me through that a little bit? Do you guys finance out of here or do I have to come up with a bunch of cash? What's what's the purchase process like? We handle it all for you. So much of what's most people find us today via the web, via the web, uh, like everything. Um, sometimes we'll handle a lot of it via chat. Um, sometimes it'll be a telephone call. And from there, it's all done over the phone. Um, we can do it all computer, DocuSign and things like that, UPS and FedEx. Um, so it's a really simple, streamlined process. We can arrange all the financing. You don't have to come here if you live three miles away. If you live 1,500 miles away, you don't have to come here. And that's the beauty of it. We're going to bring the van to you, and we're going to handle everything behind the scenes. So it's a very simple, streamlined process, even if you have a trade-in. We're going to handle that all behind the scenes. We have a form we fill out. We're going to get a couple of pictures of your van. We're going to come up with a value for you so you know what that is. That's all going to be done on the contract. So if we deliver a vehicle to you, we take your trade-in. It's all done very easy and streamlined process. That's awesome. I didn't even think about the trade-in value and that type of thing. Huh. And what's the warranty behind it? You know, I'd be a little worried that if I if I bought a a vehicle that's been the floor's been cut out like and it's completely yeah reconstructed, that it's going to affect the vehicle life or uh, the stability of it or the integrity of it. Uh, what kind of warranty is there? And uh, if if the, if an issue does come up, what's the, what's the service look like? Can I just bring this to any any service? place around or a Rolex specific technician or how, how does that work? Well, regarding regarding our warranty, we have a seven-year, 100,000-mile structural warranty on the vehicle itself. So all the structural modifications that we do, we have a 336 on all the electrical components, which is similar to what Toyota or Dodge Chrysler would be. In terms of getting its service, so Regarding the warranty, the transmission, engine, things like that, those are all still going to be covered by the OEM, by Chrysler, by Toyota, by Honda, whomever. So that's all going to be covered. In terms of getting it serviced, we have our technicians, as we talked about earlier, out in the field. So if you ever have a problem, our technician is going to come back to you and take care of it. However, we have other options too. So we don't require that that you only come back to us for service. You can bring it to anywhere you'd like to have service. If it's a warranty item, we're gonna we'll work with truly any shop. We've tried to make our product so simple and straightforward that just about any semi-competent mechanic can service it. And we have nice. all the documentation, all the diagrams, we have the support to handle it. But the majority of the time it's gonna be one of our technicians. But we want it to be easy for people. Yeah. Yeah, if you're good. traveling somewhere, if you're in some remote location and we can't get to it for a couple of days and there's a mechanic nearby and we can talk them through how to replace a limit switch or mm-hmm. a ramp motor and we can send them the ramp motor, we're going to do it. Mm. Good, good. Did I cover everything, Mike? Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we uh, bring this thing home or do you think we uh, got it all covered? I think you covered it all very well. All right, good. So here it is, guys. Rolex Vans located in Savage. Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, I'm speaking with Mike Harris, the president. Their website is rolexvans.com, and that's spelled R O L L X vans.com. Check them out online. Mike, thank you for being a guest on here. I, I love the beginnings of your company, how it came about, the mm-hmm. meaning behind it. And it was almost like you were put here for a purpose yes. to help other people's lives Mm -hmm. become more enriched and better, not only 
the people who purchase the end product of the van, but like you said, the how you're affecting the lives of your employees. And congratulations, man. This is a great, great Minnesota-made company. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you having us on, having me on. Um, and I do think God has us all here for a reason, and we all have a purpose. And and uh, helping others, I think, is at the at the core of that at the end of the day. Amen. Absolutely. I love that. Thanks for listening, guys. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.